Yeah. Yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. Huh. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleeper but a drink. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Slackers don't get fed. Huh, yeah. Jesus said, he who puts his hands to the plow looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the Christmas five minutes and you about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. <laughs> if you died for me and I was still tripping, now how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This here's deep, huh? Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing but you're studying trying to reach, huh? But after him who's able to possess your father's by his glory. Struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now the point is this was prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. Hmm. 
I guess when I read some of your stuff, uh, Jeff, if I may call you Jeff, the first thing that jumped out at me was entrepreneur. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the reason I came with that is uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, even myself included, uh, we're all products of our environment, and we come to who we are today basically by living life. And and that's with the trials and errors, you know, the successes and the failures. And uh, and I guess all that hones us into who we are. And uh, sure. I guess that's that's where a lot of this comes from. So that's my take well. You know, they say they say you 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 see the center from the inside. You've got to get out of the center to see the inside. And I think entrepreneurial living forces you to get out of the scripts and and think through what's what's going on and what you're really trying to accomplish. You know. <laughs> I've always loved having a job because it felt like a vacation to me. Uh, oh, you know, somebody else, I can, t- somebody I can else totally relate. <laughs> you know, they're telling you what to do, and you do it, and you go home at night, and if you're lucky, you can leave it at the office. But, um, you know, entrepreneurial living does force you to kind of be creative and think outside the box and maybe look inside like you're talking about, look inside a little bit more. And it's you like I really enjoy your – I'm sorry, oh, I was going to say sorry. I really enjoyed your introduction rap. The, uh, the 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 intro music was really great because it, it you know it just talks about hey we all got the answers inside of us. It's just about digging in. Yes, yes, yes. That's one of my good friends, Praise Master G. And I always like to start the show with something like that because uh, at least it's my belief. <clears throat> Without Big Boy upstairs, man, it'll be a little rougher than what it is. Absolutely. I'm with you 100% on that one. Well, tell us a little bit why you wrote the book. What what was that about? How did you get going with that? Yeah, sure. Um, I remember the inspiration to the moment, actually. Um, I had been building a business for a long time up in Northern California. It was an herb tea business. It's actually pronounced all of us. And um, it was based on organic olive leaf, and it was a good business, Lamont. It was building up pretty well for me. Um, but some things, other things in life weren't, weren't really going that well. So basically in relationships and just wasn't really feeling real happy. I had, I'd bought a big old house and just felt like I had become a slave to it. And then an offer came in to buy the business. And so I thought about it long and hard, took the offer, decided it was time for a fresh start, and then just crashed, just had an emotional crash. You know, my whole identity had been wrapped up in that business. And, you know, running that organization. So my parents were getting older, and I just decided I'm going to move move down to the coast and be closer to them. And, man, what a process as an adult to to have to reinvent a life in progress and kind of start over in a new town. And so I thought it was going to be kind of nonstop fun down there. It just didn't work out that way. I felt really disconnected and lonely, and I was walking down the street one day, and, man, it was like a ton of bricks just came out of – came out of the sky, like you're saying, it says it's time to write that book that's always been inside your head. You know, I was, I was the guy with a huge box of notes and scraps of paper and had been to a hundred seminars and read a thousand books and still wasn't really feeling the answers had shown up, but I had a glimmer. I had some ideas, you know, so I just, I figured it would take a year if I had any idea what it was going to take to complete the project. I, I would have just scrapped the idea right then and there. But um, seven years later, I was able to put the book out and really, really feel good about it. You know, I stayed with it through the point, you know, to a point that it actually got to it. It, it says what I was trying to say. It got me. It got me where I wanted to be. And now, of course, I realize there's just it's a never-ending process. You know, I'll never be there. But um, that's that's kind of the story behind that. Mindfulness, putting putting wisdom to work, practical mindfulness. And I'm, I'm thinking wisdom to work, and I'm also thinking common sense, because I was mm-hmm. always told common sense isn't common. <laughs> so so, <laughs> how does that work with putting wisdom to work? I'm just asking. I know that's a that's love great. question. I've never heard that, but yeah, yeah, no, we're not sticking to the questions, are we? That's fine. (laughs) 
I was, just, I was just looking at it. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, well, that's cool. We can put wisdom to work, you know, and be practical about some things. But I'm running into more and more people that doesn't have very much common sense. So where is their wisdom coming from? I'm sorry. I hear you. <laughs> no, that's fine because it's a great it's a great segue because. Um, I agree with you. I think common sense is 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 something that's that that you cultivate and learn absolutely. And wisdom, you know, I, I hesitated using wisdom in the title because it sounds so lofty and unattainable, and you know, like these you know Greek philosophers or something. Um, but it, it it it's boiled down to me as wisdom is just a it's a path forward. You know, it seems like every challenge that we're going to encounter every situation that pops up for us has been solved by somebody else in some way along the line. So the common sense of wisdom is saying, okay, I don't have to reinvent the wheel here. The answers are out there. So within the book, I I tried to create a framework. You know, there's just no way to write down the answers, Lamont. You know, they just, everybody's questions are different. So I tried to create a framework that people can kind of hang their unique situation on and spread it out so they can see what's going on and, and look to what's worked for other people. You know, what, what wisdom has worked out and how can that be applied into your own life so that the skills for a happy life, really, it's all about how you feel, really, the, they can be developed and employed. You know, trial and error, we can all use – trial and error will, will, will always get us there, but it's really slow. So I think the wisdom is tapping into what works finding a way to shape it into your own personal needs and then speed up that process of personal growth. Okay. Uh, I'm just trying to understand this. So the the practical mindfulness comes after the wisdom work. Well, sure. You know, there's no really before or after here, but practical mindfulness, you know, it was really important to me to put together some tools and techniques for people that are really straightforward and usable in daily life. And it's, it's about kind of getting your mind working for you. You know, everything you, you give everything you see, all of its meaning, you know, our mind creates expectations and defines reality. So the practical part is being able to step, step back a little bit and just understand that our, you know, the world is in our mind. And as we understand how our mind works and we are able to look at what, you know, wisdom might be available to us and and how to get, you know, that common sense kind of being a a reflex, um, then then you can become more of yourself. You know, it's already there. So basically you'll see as we go through this a little farther, hopefully, or as your readers, as your listeners possibly pick up the book. I've put together five pillars, Lamont. There's five pillars, and these are all really important, essential pillars for everybody. There's health, there's relationships, there's responsibility, um, creativity, and fun. And the premise is that as you fill the needs, we all have needs, and a lot of times we, we tend to drift towards doing what we're good at and ignore some of the things that are challenging. So we have needs across these five pillars. And the wisdom is stepping back and saying, okay, I may be really great at making money or having fun, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not addressing these other pillars of my responsibilities or whatnot. So then you create these personal policies. That's what we talk a lot about in the book is how to create personal policies to fill in the needs that need shoring up and need strengthening. So that's really the wisdom is just being able to have the beginner's mind and being able to step back and say, look, I don't know everything. And, but there are paths forward, and um, with a little bit of effort and a little bit of willingness, you know, willingness to be happy, we can make huge, huge, dramatic changes in our lives. And so with the, do these uh, – your book give directions uh, to the readers as to how to create their personal policies? Because I'm sure they're different from each individual. Absolutely. No, I mean, we dig into that a lot. We dig into that a lot. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not what I would call step by step because everybody's path is going to be a little bit different, but yeah, it's just a real simplified way. I mean, 
you could read 100 books and they're all going to say the same thing in just different ways. I've just tried to break it down into a way that we can really easily wrap our heads around it. And then I put a bunch of activities in there that as you employ them, as you start to put them into your life, these, these, this type of thinking just starts to happen naturally. And you create what I call win lists. What are things that are working for you? And you kind of use the law of attraction to uh, attract more of it. But, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely got some activities and step-by-step, um, you know, break-it-down process in there. Can you give us any type of example or sample? So use health for an example. Um, I guess so I could understand, our listeners understand health for an example. Mm-hmm. When you put a policy in place, I guess would that include uh, uh, um a health regimen or uh, a diet or an exercise regimen of some type? Yeah, it could easily include all of those things. Well, one that really worked out great for me personally was um, I call it the posture policy. So, you know, I'd been a desk worker for most of my life and gotten a little lazy, gotten a little overweight, and started having this really horrible back pain. It was just affecting every single aspect of my life. There was just no way around it, and it was it was hurting, and it was making me grumpy and tired. And So I was trying you know, painkillers and trying different things, and nothing was really working. So I spent an afternoon once reading up on back pain and understanding how this activating the core and building certain muscles uh, was 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 one one path forward to solving that problem. I, I didn't really want to get into doing drugs and painkillers and things like that. So I read up on this a little bit, and it became really obvious that somebody else had discovered a solution to a problem that I was having. So my posture policy turned into um, some new exercises at the gym that I hadn't been doing. Um, it involved building a stand-up desk for my office so I could actually stand up and work a good part of the time. It involved setting up some reminders that I was activating my core. You know, I was holding my core muscles in a little bit, and it became kind of a little bit of a game, whether I was on the motorcycle or walking around. Okay, am am I activating my core? So the policy really boiled down to a series of steps that I believed would help solve my problem. And I'll be darned if after three or four or five weeks, I started feeling really, really good. And so the belief policy in. You know, I had hoped that it would work. I researched it. I found some solutions. I employed those in daily living. And next thing you know, the back pain was gone. And voila, a simple solution to a really complicated problem. (laughs) Yes. It just took a little common sense and wisdom. (laughs) There you go. We're going to keep going back to that. I love it. Yeah, I'm looking at your I'm looking at your pillars and you know, I could see making columns, putting each one in its own column and just list things underneath each one. Mhm. And and use that as a roadmap. Yeah, I mean I'll just I'll just whip through a couple of quick ones here for you because I think I have them bookmarked here somewhere. Hold on one second. Um Thanks. Yeah. And so also, while you're looking those. for that, while you're looking for that, Jeff, let me say for the listeners who just called in, um, if you'd like to join us, just press number one on your phone. And for those that's listening at home, the call in number is six four six nine two nine twenty eight seventy. Okay, Jeff, had to throw awesome, that out there. Awesome, great. Yeah, 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 no problem at all. Enjoy that. Well, so let's see here. I had it, then I lost it, and let's see if I got it again here. Um. Yeah, here we go. So there's the five pillars, the health pillar, blah, 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 relationships, resources. So under the health pillar, I have a couple of policies listed in the book, you know, the eating light policy, kind of the Mediterranean diet. Uh, This one paid off a lot. The sleep policy, I'm a late night owl guy, Lamont. I'll stay up 2, 3 o'clock in the morning if I let to my my own devices. But, you know, trying to get in bed by midnight with the radio off has really paid a huge, huge dividends. Um. So if you go to sleep you know, at 3 it, in the morning, what time do you wake up? Well, I, you know, I, uh, I'll i be up at 8 or 9, but just didn't get that good quality sleep. And I was grumpy and mean, and it just it wasn't working out. So I started reading up on sleep, and I realized that there's these circadian rhythms. You know, we've lived with the, the cycles of the sun 
rising and falling for eons, and our bodies are just tuned to get to sleep earlier than that. Even if you squeeze in eight hours, it's just not the same. So by, by spinning the dial back a little bit on that, still getting the same six or seven or eight hours um, felt 100% better. And I didn't make that up. This is science that I just wasn't aware of. I had a problem. I needed a solution. I found a policy, and it worked. I guess that's the thing that we both, I mean, should I say we both, that's the thing that uh, a lot of people need to work on is identifying the problem. Is half of the problem, people say. The other half mm. is doing something about it. Well, I'll take that just one little tiny step farther is, kind of breaking down the difference between needs and wants. You know, we all want all sorts of things. We're living in a media-fueled society. There is imagery going on 24-7 telling us what we think we want. But you have to kind of step back and identify the needs. You know, the, the, the needs are, are non-negotiables. <laughs> You've got to fill them. And if you're busy, busy, busy filling wants all the time and chasing you know, the hedonist model, you really often skip filling the needs, but they don't go away. They're just, they're, they're going to be there. And you have to kind of start with filling the needs, I think, is, is what I hear you saying. Right. They will, they will grow on you if you don't do it. Uh, Jeff, speak a little bit on uh, personal growth as a process and a practice, not a destination, because I know a lot of people take things for granted. Yeah, well, kind of back to that whole media-fueled society of got a problem, take a pill. You know, there's, there's a, a fair amount of belief in our world that you can solve complicated problems easily. And it had, just hasn't worked out for me personally that way. If it works out for you, great. More power to you. But, um, yeah, like we mentioned a little tiny bit earlier, it, 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 it's become like I, I would wish that I could find the magic formula, find the magic policy, the magic whatever, plug it into place and just go off sailing into the sunset happy. But what it, it's turned out is that it, it, it's an ongoing process. You're never really done. And that's the beauty of policies is that they adapt to the change in our lives. You know, our relationships are going to come. They're going to change. Work situations, living situations, they're all coming and going. The policies are not hard and fast. They're not set in stone they adapt to the change that's going to be coming along. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's about kind of falling into that natural rhythm. And part of that natural rhythm is going to be a knowingness that, hey, I'm going to have to keep working at this. You know, you can't go to church once and get it. You can't go to the gym once and get it. You, you know, you can't have one healthy meal and, and, and have a healthy system. You know, these are ongoing things that you need to make an ongoing investment in. So, yeah, it's a practice for sure. That's yeah, very well put. It's something you continually have to work on. Yep. Sad but true. <laughs> Are there any activities that can help the readers learn to use and employ these ideas? Yeah, you bet. You bet, absolutely. Let's see. I'll read you just a couple of them here. There's, I've tried to finish each chapter. There's just five chapters. And I've tried to finish each chapter with an activity. So let's see. Chapter two, the activity is the journey journal. I got to tell you, Lamont, this one, this one really paid off for me. Let me just open my journey journal here. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm not much of a journaler. I just, you know, I might scribble some notes down here and there, but it just wasn't a, a habit or a practice for me. I started having to say, okay, so what's, what's, what's missing? Go ahead. So I'm just going to say if, as you writing the stuff in your journal, would you be a, a one from one to ten? Where would you place yourself? Uh, I'm a solid six. <laughs> well. But I, the, the, the little the little exercise that we put together, a little activity, makes it a lot simpler. Because sometimes I'll sit at that journal with a blank page and just not feel any inspiration. So I've come up with four real simple questions, and you put them at the top of the journal, and you answer those whenever you sit down. Ideally, every other day or every few days, but, you know, whenever you get to it is great. And the four questions are real simple. How do I feel right now? What's going on? What was 
last night, yesterday, or the last couple days like? Who was I with? What am I grateful for? Oh, what's coming up? How can I prepare? What's on my win list? And then last but certainly not least, how can I help others today um, in the coming days? So this is kind of get your mind focused on your win list and your policies, and you just answer those questions. It's not a real long process, so that's a real simple activity to kind of work in, and I've actually started doing it with a little cloud document. So I'll be waiting in line at the grocery store or stuck in some situation, and I can just pull it up in my phone, glance at it, make a couple notes, and done. That's it. You know, because it boils back to awareness. The one word that we're going to probably circle back to is awareness. You know, as you have awareness of what it is, what your mindfulness is, what your challenges are, what your policies are, what it is you're trying to do with your life, the feelings and the situations you want to create in your life, as you create awareness of those things, they become reality. Every single thing that we look at, Lamont, started as an idea. Pretty much everything in my book takes you back to that, building that mindfulness muscle up. I even had one person tell me one day that I need to stop dreaming. I'm like, wow, if I stop dreaming, I'd never be able to accomplish anything. <laughs> no way. Yeah, well, dream, dreaming and hope, I think, kind of go hand in hand. You know, dreaming gives you the hope of a better future, and that pulls you forward. It's like a rope. It's a, it's, it's a path to the future, and and those dreams will become reality. I think let's say I have a little quote here somewhere. I think a uh, Goals without a plan is a daydream, you know. And daydreams are great, but as soon as you put a little plan to it, add a little bit of structure to it, and figure out the map forward, then then you've got, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, emotional power pulling you in the direction you want to go. That's powerful stuff. Think, believe, and make it happen. Well, you know, what I'm trying to do here is just harness the power of human nature. You know, I, I'm not going to get into why our minds are wired up the way they are, but they really are. You know, they are, they are wired to strive, and they are wired. You know, we have these huge brains, Lamont. We have these huge, huge minds that have solved so many problems in society, and we've, they've brought us so far. But the human nature, the aspect of it is that, even when things are going great, we're going to find problems to solve. That's part of the wiring. And without awareness, those, that process is going to create stress. So when you look at human nature just for what it is, you start breaking down why we're wired the way we are, not making any judgments, not necessarily even trying to understand it, but just saying, okay, this is we are wired to seek problems and solve problems. Okay, well, that awareness can really take you a long way. And there's a whole bunch of stuff in the book about, you know, what is the human nature? What are the things that keep us driving and pushing and striving? And how can we rewire those things just a little bit so that we can feel like we are enough, that we're good enough the way we are? You know, we can just relax into being who we are. Um, I talk about setting the heavy glasses down, you know. We're all carrying around these heavy glasses about our parents, our siblings, our romance, our self-worth. You know, you can hold a glass of water for a minute or two or three. It's fine. You start trying to hold that heavy glass for a day, a week, a month, it's going to become painful. So looking at human nature for what it is gives us a little bit of pause to set some of those heavy glasses down. Look in the mirror and say, I'm a beautiful being. I'm good enough as I am. And then say, well, maybe I'd like to be a little better, and how am I going to go about doing that? That's interesting. I had another question. With this social media-driven society that we're living in, um, do you find that it's a little difficult to focus? Or did you find when you were doing your book, writing your book, did you find it difficult to focus on things? Or did you use your mindfulness to, to hone everything in? Oh, man, that's beautiful. That's a great segue because, yeah, the book was a real process in um, keeping 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 my head on straight. You know, months and months would go by with zero zero feedback, nothing coming back. I had no editor at that point. I had no collaborators, so I was just kind of in this bubble trying to create something. And that's when I really got clear on the idea. And, and you know, we're back to the human nature. 
that we have this inner critic that's in us. It's wired in us. It's going to tell us you're not good enough. You're not doing enough. It's, it's married to the ego. And um, so, you know, without making judgment, look at that. And so I created the concept of what I call the inner fan. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a Taoist at heart, you know, the yin and the yang. There's a duality to everything in the nature. So if there's an inner critic, if that's real, then that means there's an inner fan in there, and that's real as well. And once you start listening for the inner fan and looking for the, the guidance that that energy will offer, it starts to show up. You know, social media is kind of the same thing. There's actually, I think, some some disease. They gave it a, some name or something recently where it, it creates a cognitive dissonance, being on social media and, you know, looking at all those comparative things and comparing your life to other people creates a certain amount of misery. So, <laughs> yeah, it does. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I I get it, you know. You you think about it. Everybody's putting up their highlights, and you're trying to like compare your everyday routine life to somebody else's highlights. It's going to be frustrating. I I don't know, Jeff. I, I can't speak for everybody, but I was always great. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're, well, you're, yeah, you're, you're, can... you're speaking speaking your truth. That's all you can do. But I guess, you know, you, you're right, though. People go every day comparing their lives and uh, to other people's, and uh, they're constantly comparing themselves, trying to keep up with the Joneses, and that just creates so much stress and unhappiness all the way around, the workplace and at home. And that's just additional stress and pressure one puts on themselves, and that eventually creates other health issues as well. You bet. Yeah, no, stress is the enemy. And, you know, we're just copycats. That's how we learn everything. I don't know if you've heard the hundredth monkey analogy, but it, it, it's a really good analogy. They say that, you know, as, a, as monkeys start to adopt a, a behavior, as soon as the hundredth monkey starts to whatever, you know, get the food a certain way or peel a banana differently, all of a sudden the whole population does it. You know, we're copycats. We learn by comparing. And with the social media – that just kind of it, it takes us down the wrong road sometimes. And the key word that I want to come back to, and and one of the one of the real themes in the book is gratitude. And it sounds like you're a really grateful person. You've got your head on straight, and you're able to keep your your mind centered in gratitude. Uh, it hasn't always been easy for me. So I've spent a lot of time in there talking about how to that's make that attitude such of gratitude. As your, that, that's because of people such as yourself help me. Well, I've had lots of great teachers myself. You know, these these lessons are they're not really new, but every generation has different needs and different language and different ways of attacking the problem. So, yeah, yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, they're 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 constant reminders, and and what we have to constantly uh, stay in touch with, and it's so easy for all of us, like I said, to get distracted and take things for granted. But it's always good to come back and be centered well i'm going to share with you you asked about activities a little earlier there's a simple simple activity that i came up with that man this just pays off day in and day out and i call it the easy g and g's for gratitude so you know it's easy to meditate on it and you talk about it you might journal about it but our minds drift back to what's missing that's kind of one of the negativity biases that the ways our mind are wired we're always seeking to fill holes and solve problems. So the easy G activity is so simple. You find a little vase or a jar or something clear, a piece of glass jar. You put it where you can see it. And then think about your day, Lamont. You're out and about the grocery store. They're handing you a receipt. You're at the gas pump. You find an old Post-it note. So those have always been pretty much just trash, right? You just People hand them to you, and you wad them up and throw them away. Well, right. the easy G, yeah, the easy G activity is says, okay, stop for a second. Those are opportunities to stop and be grateful. What are you grateful for right then and there? And a lot of times I don't have time to stop and write it down in the grocery line, but I'll stick that receipt in my pocket, and it's, it's in there percolating, man. I'm telling you, it just starts to work. Your mind is like, what am I going to write down? on that receipt before I throw it into my easy G jar. And there you go. You start 
collecting these little pieces of paper. They're coming at you all day long, and they become little triggers to remind you to stop and be grateful. And I'm not talking about magical big things. I'm grateful for the fact that there is a grocery store and that, the, you know, I have clean water. I've got a roof over my head. So you start writing these little notes down on these scraps of paper. You wad them up and throw them in that easy G jar. And I'll tell you, it's amazing how fast that thing fills up. And every time you see it, it's another little trigger to remember I'm too blessed to be stressed. And that attitude just takes over in no time at all. We definitely need more than that right about now in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, these ideas just aren't taught in school too much. I mean, none of the schools I ever went to, and they're certainly not promoted. You know, you'll find them on PBS. You'll find some doctors here and there. But, boy, I haven't ever seen any real popular media saying, you are in control of your mind. You have the power to be the person you want to be. Life is meant to be enjoyed, and that simple techniques can make a huge difference in your attitude. And so we have to do it ourselves. It's a, it's a DIY project. <laughs> no, if they do that, man, you wouldn't go buy a pill. There you go. There you go. I think that's a big part of it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a major part of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They wouldn't go buy. Big business. They wouldn't. They, they wouldn't sell any mind-altering, you know, pills for uh, relaxation or. Um, health issues that they really doesn't help and you wouldn't have all these warning labels on these pills that you know if you take <laughs> this you know uh it may do this and you'll might get constipation you might go blind you might uh, nine thousand other different things you know what i mean but but it'll help this one thing yeah well it's kind of back to that human nature i think we definitely try and take the the, the path of least resistance you know, and I'm not going to make any judgment call on that. That's just human nature. You know, we're going to try and get from point A to point B with as little stress as possible. And if that pill promises or if that acupuncture promises or that, you, 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 we're going to snag it. We're going to grab it. But it just it very rarely do they deliver. So sometimes you have to back out just a little bit and say, okay, maybe that easy path is not going to necessarily get me there. But I don't want to make the mindfulness path sound hard because it's really not it's just a matter of tuning your mind up and tuning your brain operating system i mean look at your phone lamont look at your computer you know when computer code doing what you want it to do what happens the darn thing updates it does a software update it gets a new set of operating instructions and it starts doing what you want it to do but we don't have an upgrade button we got to actually kind of install our own software and sometimes we have to write our own software, and it's not always easy. But it, in my ex, in my experience, it's the only path forward. I understand. We definitely need constant reminders, and, and the daily things work. But uh, I'm totally in agreement with you. Definitely have to put your wisdom to work, and that's on a daily basis. Yep. Yep. And just becoming and just accepting reality as it is. You know, we've all got these ideas of the way we want things to be. And I got to tell you, I personally had a long journey of of trying to get the world to conform to my vivid imagination. You know, I had all these pictures in my head about the way life should be. You know, the types of work I should have, the types of relationships I should enjoy, the types of recreation. You know, you see people doing all these things, and you're like, God, I want those things. But, you know, the radical acceptance of reality as it is opens up the door to enjoying and appreciating life exactly as it is. One of my favorite quotes is one of the John Lennon quotes, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. And, you know, it's, just, it's, just, it's, it's, it's a real glitch in human nature that a little bit of awareness leads to that radical acceptance, and then you can get busy building life based on some really strong pillars. That's good stuff. That's powerful, too. It's step by step, but you'll get there. But you got to take the first step. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So 
So what's just the listening next to your program. Yeah, listening to your program is taking a step. I mean, people should congratulate themselves. They can feel good about what they're doing. And that's and, and, and that's hard and you know, you might want to say that about ten more times because people just the, the, the workplace now is, is just so driven and and just the normal families need two incomes, so it's a lot of pressure out there in the world today. So I think people need more of this to to, to come back centered, appreciate what they have and, and still be realistic with a plan and a process to attain the things that they want to do and accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that that popped up as I was putting the book together was the idea of regrets. You know, I did some research myself. I read some research from other, other psychologists and so on, and there's five or six top regrets that people have across the board. Uh, whatever culture, whatever economic background, wherever they live in the planet, these five or six regrets seem to keep popping up over and over again. So a lot of my work was just building out from around trying to avoid those regrets. You know, what am I going to do to avoid those regrets? And the things like not chasing dreams, not allowing yourself to feel and express love, uh, working too hard too long into life, not making time to live. These are the things that keep popping up over and over for people who just follow the scripts that are laid out for them. And unfortunately, those scripts don't, don't pay off, man. You've got you to gotta dig into it and figure it out for yourself. I don't know. One thing kind of popped into my head, Jeff, because, you know, we do a lot of shows on relationships as well. And uh, a lot of families, um, should I say, two people, one would put their career on hold for the other mate. And later on in life, there's problems within that relationship because one feel unfulfilled, and that you know mm-hmm. that regret, that regret becomes a major major issue in that family structure. Man, that's got to be tough to get over that. You bet. Yeah. Well, there's no so no magic this? pill there. Yeah. No. No, 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 it isn't. My next question for you, sir. What What is next for Mr. Hotchkiss? What is you What are you, What is your next plan? Are you gonna write more books? Are you doing any book signings? Or what's What's next for you? Yeah, you know, I um, I'm on a trajectory now to just share this material. I'm sure you've heard of this the the Joseph Campbell reference to the hero's journey. So. My hero's journey, I actually went to a great seminar down in Los Angeles a couple months ago uh, through Brian Johnson and his Optimize organization, and they were talking about the hero's journey, and there was the last step in the journey, you know, where you've got to push through your obstacles and, and, and map your course forward. Well, the last, I did not know there was a last step to the hero's journey, which is called a return with elixir which is basically to take what you've learned through your, through your trials and tribulations and, and share it and, and help others uh, jump through those hoops a little faster. So the future for me is looking a lot like what we're doing right now. And I wrote this book. I'm a self-published author. I need to get out there, share the material, do workshops, do interviews, help people one-on-one. Um, so I'm leading some mindfulness trainings here. Northern California, and I'm looking for ways to share the material. So that's that's a big part of what I'm doing. Um, right. Yeah, you know that's that's my that's my primary thing. But you know you just can't do that kind of stuff all day long. I don't want to sit at the computer typing away all day long anymore. So I'm doing some different things, trying to figure out ways to help others and uh, avoid those regrets like we're talking about. I'm spending a lot of time cultivating relationships that, you know, had kind of fallen to the wayside, um, developing some work that um, is different than I've done in the past, different types of work, different ways of making money, not always just sitting in front of a computer. I've always been a computer programmer type person and just trying to live more mindfully and, and letting it unfold and not becoming super attached 
to what it's going to look like, but staying open to what it is. Gotcha. You know, we touched on a, a lot of other subjects, but we really haven't touched on the creativity and the fun with, uh, with your process. Oh, man. That's, that's the icing on the cake of life right there. That's awesome because it's just I, when I was doing interviews on the book, I kept hearing that over and over and over again. I'm not having enough fun. At the end of the day, I've taken care of my responsibilities, taken care of my work, taken care of my kids, the how the lawn is mowed. And I just kept hearing that, and it popped up into my awareness that creativity and fun are one of the core pillars. We love to play. We were born to play. It comes naturally. But if you don't put it into the routine, if you don't schedule it, if you don't make time for it, it just doesn't happen naturally. So, yeah, I spend a whole chapter talking about how to kind of make that thing happen naturally and, and let that creative power work for you. You know, we have this logical thinking ability, which is really powerful. You can, you can design a skyscraper logically, but to make it beautiful, you've got to have some creative inspiration. So there's a lot of techniques to unleash that creativity. Give me an example, because most entrepreneurs are workaholics, and and it's hard for them to to chip away time for for fun. And even when they're having fun, they don't know they they're having fun because their mind is on work. Mm-hmm. Well, let's look at that from the bottom up. Let's say, what do we want is is the result? So, did you have something to add to that? No, no, no. That's pretty much okay. it. So, yeah, I mean, I've been there, man. I've been there. I, I spent untold hours and days and years uh, building up my last couple business ventures and, you know, I thought I might have been having fun, but in the end, I realized I really, really wasn't. But it was a means to an end, and I learned a lot along the way. But, you know, when we're all born geniuses, Lamont, we're all at test in the high IQ, age two, three, four. We have this genius ability built into us, but we're, we're taught to follow the scripts of society and to kind of do what we're told and try and fit in, and that creativity just gets squashed along the way. So we think, okay, work harder, I'm going to get better results. But if you really want results, you're going to find that you've got to work smart. You've got to employ some creative strategies. And since you want specifics, one of them is what I call sub-solving. And whatever the creative project is, maybe it's getting a better job or finding romance or losing weight or whatever these things that we're, we're, we're pursuing in our lives, you can get some policies, you can fill in your pillars, you can put some work on it, but then you've got to set it down and step away. And that lets the subconscious start working for you. And it will do the heavy lifting in the background while you're out watching that movie or taking a walk in nature you know, giving your mind a little free space to relax. So I say you've got to schedule in that downtime. You've got to create the downtime, and it's not a matter of not, you know, it's not a matter of skipping your responsibilities. It's the only way forward is to live in such a way that you realize that you need to have fun and you need to be able to relax, and your mind is going to be working for you in the background while you're doing it. Yep, that's the time that you step away and charge your batteries. Yep, yep. I, I definitely and have to practice that one more. I recommend you do, brother. It's it's the only way to fly, you know. And it's 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 become it's become a kind of a religion to me in some ways. Where you know, I used to work eight, ten, twelve hours a day. You know, I'll, I'll force myself to go out and take a hike in the redwoods or. Or go call a friend and grab a lunch, and it just doesn't come natural, and I, I, I kind of fight it sometimes. But, boy, every single, every single time I do it, I come back refreshed with some creative energy and a new idea that I could have never accomplished with 100 hours of work. I could have sit and stared at that thing for 100 hours, and I would never have come up with a solution that I get by just relaxing into the process. <laughs> you fight yourself not to go, but then once you go, you enjoy yourself, and then you're glad you did. <laughs> Every single time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's so funny. But isn't that the way it is? <clears throat> these well, guys, kinda... some, some these guys, some friends of mine, man, they 
kept begging me, kept begging me to go fishing with him. And I said, man, I don't want to go do no fishing. That's what old men do. I don't want to do that shit, man. They kept begging me to go fishing with him. So finally I broke down, Jeff, and, and went on this uh, three-quarter day fishing trip and, you know, rented a pole and did that. Man, I had such a such a great time. You know, when I got back three days later, I went and bought a pole. Four days later, I had about five poles. About two months later, I had about 15 fishing poles. Now I got so many fishing poles and reels, and I just got sprung. You know, it was just... It, it, it you know it was just an experience that I've totally totally fought didn't want to do it I just thought old men went out on those little fishing boats you know and did that but I went out there man and and just a short trip out in the ocean where the phones didn't work you know no matter what I tried to do I couldn't make a phone call couldn't receive a phone call it just didn't work so that forced yeah. me in a relaxed state and then I got to talk with all these other old retired gentlemen, man, and I picked up so much game, so much wisdom from these guys that's lived life and, you know, retired and done so many different things. And just that little mini vacation, I mean, just did me a world of good. So I'm talking to myself now, but I know i got to get out there on the water. <laughs> well, you know, we got to keep reminding ourselves these things. Like I say, they just don't come natural. That, that wiring, our wiring is, is designed to keep us striving, and that's how we've built these mega cities and built these massive things that we've built up. It, it, it comes natural to work hard. It doesn't come natural, but it, the avoiding the regrets that we all want to avoid is the goal. And a little bit of effort goes a long way. And I'll, I'll tell you for a fact, if you start working the policies, they will start working for you. And next thing you know, it becomes real easy for you to pick up that pool shut down that computer and head out and commune with Mother Nature a little bit. Well, I'm definitely going to work the policies because one thing and the first thing that I like about it is because it's based in common sense and wisdom. Uh-huh. I like those two words, common sense and wisdom. Yeah, I mean, I'm no, I'm no psychologist or scholar, you know, I just broke it down. I, I, I'm just another guy that, uh, just like anybody, but I just I took the time to try and figure out what was working, what wasn't working, and 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 how am I going to make it work just a little bit better. And um, like I said, I, I I stand behind the material. It's really worked for me. It's worked for a lot of my readers, and I hope it'll it'll be of service to your audience as well. And I certainly hope so because the way that you put it together, it's it's. it's it's understandable. It shouldn't take a rocket science to really understand, you know, so you made it where people could really grab it, you know, and, and understand what you're saying. And that's important because if you're talking over people's head, they miss the whole message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Just, just, just keep it real and keep it fun and have, have fun in the process. And next thing you know, your, your inner fan will be just as loud as your inner critic, and over time, that inner critic, that inner critic just fades away. You know, it's always going to be there, but the inner fan really has your best interest at heart. And if you train it to look out for your options and opportunities, it'll keep you pointed in the right direction. Yes, yes, I totally agree. Well, Jeff, tell everybody where they can go get your book and how they can get in contact with you and all that good stuff. Yep, all the usual suspects there, Lamont. You know, the Amazon is where it all happens. You can get the ebook or the, the printed copy. I have a website that's policypillars.com, and you can get links to the, the Amazon there. You can get links to the iBooks and all that. You also have direct link to, to just, you know, get it directly from me. And I have a sign, I can send you a signed copy or I can email you the ebook, policypillars.com. Um, there's lots of free tools on policypillars.com too. I'd like to just offer that to all your listeners. Uh, there's a toolbox tab there. And one of the tools is what I call the, the PPRC, the personal policy report card. And this is just a real simple one page thing that you can look at and you rate yourself across each of the five pillars. You give yourself a little numeric number. Each pillar has five questions and then you get a score. And what this does for you is it helps you understand where you're naturally strong and where there may be a little bit of room for improvement. So this is just one of those tools that's out there. 
Um, you look at that. So when you go into the website, you can put your email address in there in the newsletter thing, and it'll take you straight to that personal policy report card. It's a private email list. Your address will never be shared. And there you're also going to find the Journey Journal, the Ulysses Contract, the Gratitude Garden. And these are all steps to uh, training your mind and getting your mind working for you. So, yeah, policypillars.com or Amazon are probably the two best places to get more information. Did you say the uh, Ulysses Contract? Yeah, Ulysses Contract, man, that's a powerful, powerful subject. I'm not sure how much time we have, but it's definitely Come something on, give to us dig a little, into. Yeah, well, come on, give us okay. a little bit of that. I'll give you a taste of Ulysses here because i got to say that's probably the the core activity that I put at least 1,000 hours into. I can't go into all the details on it because it's a long story, but Ulysses is a fictional character from – well, or maybe not fictional, we don't really know, but from Homer's The Iliad. And basically Ulysses wanted to get what he wanted. He wanted to hear the, the song of the sirens, but to do so drove men mad, and they would crash their, their ships on the, on the island trying to hear this beautiful song. So Ulysses found a way to put wax in the ears of his crew and tie himself to the mast. He was able to hear the song of the sirens and row past it and enjoy it. So the Ulysses contract is a one-page activity that I've put together that lets you zero in on what you're trying to accomplish, and it can be anything that we've talked about here, uh, better health, better wealth, better resources, avoiding regrets, whatever it is. It, it walks you through zeroing in on where you want to go in your life, and then it just breaks it down step by step. How am I going to go about doing that? What are the micro steps? What are the baby steps? What are the actions and activities? Who am I going to need to recruit? How am I going to reprogram my thoughts and get you there? And i got to tell you, Lamont, I've done about 10 of these contracts myself in the last few years, and they work. They really, really work. They get your subconscious working for you. And it's, it's helped me lose weight, build better relationships, um, change careers, big stuff that just didn't come naturally. You know, we all have these resolutions. We all have these wish lists but we need to kind of know the steps to get from A to B. So Ulysses' contract boils that down for you. That's fantastic. I'm definitely going to make sure everybody get a copy of that. That's a freebie. It's right on the website right now. You can go to policypillars.com and download it. It's got the step-by-step how to do it. I'm giving a lot of this stuff away. You know, I'm not all about squeezing money out of everything. I want people to feel good about themselves and have the tools to uh, – you know, make a difference in their lives and the lives of others. That's fantastic, man. We definitely appreciate you coming through and sharing it with us, Jeff. And we're going to continue to promote your word, promote your book as well. And hopefully our listeners will take something away, you know. And I'm sure if they imply their common sense and wisdom and uh, forgive that little remark I made earlier about common sense isn't common. We all got it, I think. But anyway, <laughs> appreciate we you all so got much, it, man. Jeff. Yeah, yeah, we we gonna give them we gonna give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, because I, no I don't want no eggs on my car today. <laughs> no, baby, yeah. we're good. It's beautiful. We're all we're all in this together, you know. So thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, we enjoyed you as well, man. And for those that didn't get the show in its entirety. Uh, it will be available in a couple minutes um, everywhere, pretty much, everywhere, worldwide, wherever you get your podcast from, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google, um, even on Facebook. You'll be able to hit the show in its entirety, or you can go to our website, worldmovement.com, and get it that way. And, again, I appreciate and thank you so much, Mr. Hoskins, for joining us. And uh Good luck with your book. Thank you, Lamont. Thank you to everybody who's listening. Have a lovely afternoon. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. 
Or what? You thought cause you got saved everything was gonna be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleeper but a drink. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work don't eat. Slackers don't get fed. Huh, yeah. Jesus said he who puts his hands to the pile looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the church just five minutes and you about ready to quit. I ain't mad at ya, I'm just hitting you with the real <laughs> If you die for me, I was still tripping Now how you think that make you feel? Check this out, deep game, this here's deep huh? Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing but you started trying to reach huh? But after him who was able to possess your father by his glory Struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story Now upon this sister's prophesied way back in the day Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate